0: You're listening to the Baseball Prospect Journal Podcast. Here is your host, Dan Zelinski.
1: Welcome back to this edition of the Baseball Prospect Journal Podcast. I'm Dan Zelinski, founder and national writer at BaseballProspectJournal.com. You can find me on Twitter at Dan zelinski 3 and at the BP Journal. In today's episode, I sit down with Brewers prospect and former second round pick in the 2023 MLB draft, Mike Bovee. I've interviewed Mike numerous times, pre and post draft, just to talk to him about the process, about his development as a baseball player. Mike is a guy who grew up in small town Nebraska. His dad, was the head baseball coach at Hastings College in Hastings, Nebraska, for many years. Mike ended up going on to the University of Nebraska-Omaha, played baseball there, had a lot of success in his time there, and ended up being the second-round pick for the Milwaukee Brewers in this year's past draft. And Mike's a really talented player in general. He kind of flew under the radar because he wasn't a guy that hit for a lot of power at the college level. He also played at a mid-major program, which definitely didn't help his case. But he's a guy that has thrived at the college level and so far he's thrived at the professional level since getting drafted last july in my interview with mike we touch on last season what was key for him to have success he's a guy that between class a advanced in wisconsin and rookie ball he hit 324 with five home runs 30 rbis showed decent play discipline as well and we dive into that what led to more power than what he experienced in college at least for a per at bat basis, and we talk about his swing changes, his adjustments he's made since his junior season at Omaha. We also dive into his off season and what he's looking forward to going into this spring training, and what he ultimately expects from himself going into this upcoming season. Mike's a great guy, great interview. Really enjoyed getting to touch base and catch up with him. So let's get to it. Here's my interview with Brewers prospect Mike Bovi. Joining me now on the Baseball Prospect Journal podcast is Milwaukee Brewers
0: prospect Mike Bovee. Mike, it's good to catch up. How are you? I'm good, Dan. Thanks for having me on. For sure. We talked a couple times before and after the draft, and now it's good to catch up since uh, you've completed your first kind of season of pro ball. I guess first off, just how's the off season been? Kind of what have you been working on just taking through the off offseason?
2: Uh, it's been nice. Um, I, I'm back in Omaha working out. Um, staying fresh. Thankfully, uh, UNO is, is still allowing me to practice and, and work out at those facilities. Um, it's basically like kind of being back at college, but not having to do any schoolwork. So it's, um, you know, it, it's certainly living the dream, uh, but it's, um, you know, I've had some time off and I think I'm ready to get back at it, get back down to Arizona, some nice weather in the spring and, and get going.
0: It's funny that you mentioned that about, you know, nice being back at college without having to do the schoolwork. I was talking to Cooper Pratt the other day who obviously he went straight from high school to pro ball, but his uncle's a coach at BYU and he's been training there and he kind of said, it's, it's getting the college feel without having to do any schoolwork. So, <laughs> yeah. So how has that been too? just uh, getting back to Omaha? You obviously kind of had a taste of pro ball kind of what's been the focus for you. What have you worked on specifically in preparation for full year now of pro ball?
2: Uh, yeah, obviously refining, um, you know, all your, all your skills, but the big thing for me, I think is, um, getting ready to play, you know, the hundred plus games of a minor league season. Um, you know, I've had, you know, some taste of it with, with spring ball and then summer ball, you know, you get close to a hundred games, but you know, playing six days a week for the first time, uh, making sure your body's ready to handle that and, and mentally ready to handle that too. Cause it's, it's, everyone says how much of a grind it is, um and and just things like you know, hitting off higher level pitching, um, you know, the stuff you see at the pro level is obviously going to be different than the college level. And especially, um, come from a smaller college like I did. Um, so, you know, not getting sped up by the higher velocities and the better stuff is, is kind of a, a big focus of mine this off season.
0: For you, you obviously kind of dominated college level at Omaha. You did well throughout summers too in the Northwoods league. And, uh, Cape Cod League as well what was that transition like for you going from D1 college baseball to pro ball
2: yeah um, it, it's certainly a jump um, I, I think the velocity is, is the biggest um, you know separator um, it, it's just it, it's way different because college you get some guys especially with COVID that are fourth fifth sixth year guys um, that kind of know how to pitch more, I would say, then maybe have the stuff. And then, you know, you get thrown into the complex. You're with a bunch of young guys that maybe have some electric stuff and are still kind of figuring it out. Um, so there's there's some adjustments there. Uh, but once once I got to affiliate ball, it's it's stuff plus knowing how to pitch too. Um, so it, it's a jump altogether.
0: You played in 28 games between rookie ball in Arizona and then with the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers at Class A Advanced. Uh, You did well hitting 324. also showed some power. We talked about that before the draft. I know after the draft, after you got drafted. But first off, just what was key for you to experience the success
2: you did in just that 28-game stretch that you had? Yeah, the main thing uh, was just staying ready. Um, You know, normally you play the spring season, then you may have a week until summer ball starts. Um, But I had, you know, a month, maybe two months from – uh, our last game in the spring at, at UNO, and then uh, when I played at the Complex. Um, so I was working on a few things. Um, you know, you really finally have a chance to make some swing adjustments after the 50-game season of spring. Um, and, and I somewhat did that during the, the month or two of the off season, and um, thankfully it paid off uh, when I got down there and, and saw some results right away. Yeah, you kind
0: of mentioned that, and that kind of leads to my next question. And talking about the power, first, just scouts raved about your contact skills, ability to drive the ball to the gaps in college. But the one question scouts had was the power, hit 13 home runs in three years at Omaha, 572 at-bats. And then you go to pro ball, and 102 at-bats, you hit five home runs. I know you talked about the mechanical adjustments. You talked about how kind of that was a question mark for every team when you were coming out of the draft what do you think led to seeing a little bit more power in that kind of short stretch
2: that you had yeah I think it's more an approach thing Um, taking more chances um, you know kind of setting my sights out front a little bit more Um, in college I was a very I don't want to say passive hitter but I didn't I didn't you know take many shots out there um, in when I got to pro ball, it, it was I, I felt like I was playing a little more loose, a little a little bit more freely. And um, that certainly can be a reason. Um, and then, um, you know, th- there's there's a mix of all factors. Um, but it's, it's more of an approach thing, um, not being afraid to swing and miss a little bit and, and taking shots early in counts. Um, that was probably the biggest one for me uh, was it took me, you know, a lot of at bats a few years in college to be more aggressive on first pitches, you know, not getting behind a one is especially a big thing when um, the pitching gets better. Um, So being more aggressive in general, I think, um, had helped things like my power. How has that
0: changed your approach now, even just moving forward uh, into this upcoming season and beyond?
2: Yeah, now, now it's kind of finding a mix um, of the best of both worlds. Cause I think uh, while I had um, some better power numbers than maybe expected when I got into pro ball, um, I was swinging and missing a bit more, um, you know, maybe sacrificing a little bit of contact for that power. Um, and so now this off season and heading into the first pro season, um, it, it's trying to still be, still have that elite contact while having some power and not really um, not having a give or take, you know, being able to do both at the same time.
0: Defensively
2: too. I know that was kind of a, a
0: question for you just, and especially with the Brewers drafting Brock Wilkin to another third baseman, college third baseman coming out of college, you had the arm strength. I thought you were really a reliable defender over at third base. You had experience playing mostly third, but then also a little bit of shortstop second base. I want to say you even played a little left field or outfield in general, you get to pro ball and then played mostly second base. First off, I know that was something we talked about last time we talked was how you were kind of preparing after your season throwing the ball and fielding the ball from different angles, taking even some fly balls. But how much experience did you have playing second base before this
2: pro ball season started for you after you got drafted? So I hadn't had any collegiate games at second base. I had um, some games at short my freshman year. So I've I've played up the middle a little bit. Um, I I honestly like, you know, the challenge of moving positions. Um, It's a little bit refreshing. It, It brings on a lot of, um, you know sort of new fun into the game like I, I have a lot of different roles than, than I did at third Um, and ultimately I think if I'm able to stick on the dirt um, especially at a, a middle infield position it, it can only help me and then um, being able to learn to play multiple positions is obviously I think a, a new trend in, in professional baseball um, but yeah it's it's been it's been fun learning second base obviously there's there's plenty of of brains to pick and, and people to talk to and, and reps to get, you know, when you're in the organization. So it, it's been a fun process. Is there anyone you talked to specifically that kind of helped you with that transition? Uh, I, I got to be around Bob Missick when, before he retired when I was down there in the complex and then uh, Tufo, David Tufo in, in Wisconsin, they were both really good.
0: What was that like playing second base for you? Because even though you have played third and shortstop, you're on the other side of the diamond. So What's that? What was that like? Just getting comfortable at that position.
2: It's honestly a lot of situational stuff. Um, You know, second base, you're involved in a lot more plays. Third, it's kind of reactionary. You know, you're just reacting to maybe a hot shot or a chopper and you're making the throw. You're not really involved in too many other plays. Uh, But second base is cutoffs, turning double plays, uh, tags up the middle, um, hold runners. There's a lot of things that, you know, you might not, have to worry about when you're at third base. Um, And and there's a lot more thinking, I think, that goes on at second.
0: You kind of remind me a little bit of, at least defensively, with moving around, similar to Tyler Black a few years ago, who was a mid-major guy who played second, third base in college. And then they kind of moved him around between those two positions and the outfield. What are the Brewers' plans for you moving forward? Obviously, it's great having that position versatility, but have they kind of given you a position to focus on in preparation for the start of this upcoming season?
2: Yeah, there's nothing really specific. Um, like nothing, you know, that they said they wanted me to stay here. But, um, you know, the way the season finished up in Wisconsin and where I was in the complex league games, um, you know, still being able to play third base when it's needed, but getting most of my reps at second just because you know, I'm so new there and and trying to get, you know, just, just as many games as I can under my belt there. Is there anything you learned from
0: kind of the short, experience you had playing second base they have taken into the off season and worked on, or is it simply just kind of trying to get more reps at second base?
2: Not necessarily. Um, you know, they, they kept things very simple for me, you know, field the ball first then worry about what you're doing um, because, you know, the whole action of turning a double play is something, you know, other than catch play, I've never had to do a third base, even, you know, applying a tag. I would do it, I don't know, maybe a handful of times a year in college when people would steal third. Um, but obviously that's something that's more involved at a uh, middle position. Um, so it's a lot of kind of doing the drills myself. And, and so I, I learn how my body moves through that. Um, and, and that's something that you know they, they had me do when I was down in the complex and down in Wisconsin that um, I, I could kind of take those drills that I did into the offseason.
0: Before I talk about this upcoming season, I guess just curious – your dad was a long-time college baseball coach. You grew up around the game. What's it been like just for your family to kind of experience this with you now that you are in pro ball and kind of getting to the next step of chasing your dream to ultimately reaching the major
2: leagues? Yeah, it's great. Coming from, uh, you know, a, a coach's family, and now my older sister is coaching high school softball and an assistant for college softball. So, um, you know, when I'm back home for break, there's a lot of, a lot of discussion around the game and, and, you know, what I'm hearing and, and, you know, what they're, uh, what they have, my dad had taught his players and what my sister's currently teaching her players. Um, so, so it's, uh you know, it's fun to be around those kind of conversations. Now looking forward here
0: to kind of spring training and this upcoming season, I guess, kind of what's the plan for you between now and spring training? When do you have to report to Arizona Just take us through that? Yeah, I
2: think, Um, I heard today, I think it's February 19th and 20th is when I'll start up down in um, Phoenix. Um, So I got, you know, a few weeks left here. Um, And then, you know, being my first spring training, I'm not really sure how it looks. I think um, I have a few weeks down there before, you know, minor league spring training officially starts. Um, You know, I think being inside so much for the last few months, I'm ready to to get down there and and be on a dirt field again and, and take some BP outside and enjoy the nice weather. Yeah, I know. It's I mean, here in Nebraska, I'm in Wisconsin, Milwaukee,
0: and both of us are getting drilled with snow, it seems like. (laughs) yeah. Luckily, you're getting out of it here in a couple of weeks. (laughs) But just what's the emotions like, too, knowing that it's going to be your first spring training, you're getting ready for your first full pro season? Just what's kind of the emotions like, knowing that it's three weeks away? Uh,
2: Honestly, I feel super lucky, you know, that I'm now at the level where, I can play the game I've had fun playing my whole life as a, as a career. Um, and, you know, it's it's, it's going to be the first full year of doing that, you know, where it's the middle of February to the middle of September, which, you know, I I know it's a long season, but I really cannot be more excited to, to get started and, um, you know, be around the guys again and even meet, you know, new guys that I haven't gotten around yet. Um, and then, you know, be down in spring training, obviously, when, when the big leaguers are down there in Arizona as well, because I um, haven't really had that. Um, you know, the chance to see them um, and, you know, and how, and how they work and stuff too.
0: How does it just motivate you to, everyone's goal is always to get drafted. I mean, the goal is always to make it to the major leagues, but that first step is getting drafted. Now that you're drafted in the system, how does that just kind of re-motivate you or motivate you even more to kind of get to that ultimate goal?
2: Yeah, it's, you know, like you said, in college or in high school, the goal is, you know, go to a a a good school and play and then in college the goal is to get drafted and play professionally and now that um you're a professional player it's it's really cool to to have the goal be playing a big league club you know try to win a world series if if you have that opportunity it's um it i can you know i'm I'm a discipline over motivation guy but it's it's a cool thing to have you know a new kind of goal or a long-term goal set in your mind
0: talking about goals i guess what is kind of the goals you've set for the season? What would define a successful season for Mike Bovey in 2024?
2: Yeah, uh, when I get this question, I'm not really a um, a quantitative goal type of guy. You know, I feel like it's hard to say I want to have this many hits or this many home runs, you know, especially when I only had, you know, a few weeks to taste the pro ball. Um, but to me, I, I just want to try to play in every single game that I can. I want to try to keep my body ready to go um stay mentally into it every day. Um you know, I don't want to get to the end of the year and feel like man, I wasn't really in it for a week or so. I was tired in there. You know, I want to be able to have my body ready to go and and my mind right to play through that first full year.
0: Awesome, Michael. I really appreciate the insight and you taking time to do this. Mike Bovi, Milwaukee Brewers prospect. Mike, it was great getting to catch up and good luck this upcoming
2: season. Of course, thank you, Dan.
1: Great stuff from Mike. Like I've said, I really enjoy catching up with him and getting to talk baseball with him. He's extremely knowledgeable about the game and I think still a really underrated player in the Brewer system. He's a guy that can play all over the diamond and is only improving as a hitter. Hitting wise, he's a guy that can hit for average, shows pretty good plate discipline. We talked about how he sacrificed some of that plate discipline for power last year and how he hopes to grow on that and find a healthy balance between the two this upcoming season but he's a guy that is a really quality and talented hitter and if he can tap into some power and be a 20 home run type guy even at the major league level down the road he's a guy who's definitely going to have a spot on the brewers roster or any major league roster because of his position versatility because of his strong fundamentals and high baseball iq And if he's able to then hit for some power to go along with average, that definitely plays at the major league level. I'm excited to see what Mike does this year. He's a guy that I could see moving through a farm system quickly. He got to class a advanced Wisconsin last year. So I definitely see him getting time at double a this year. And then we'll go from there and see kind of when he has a potential to end up with the brewers down the line. So Definitely a talented player, definitely a guy that I think is underrated and has a chance to be a major league contributor down the line. So we'll see how he does this year, and we'll definitely be following his career, and we'll definitely get him on the podcast here throughout the season or next offseason. If you haven't already, make sure to go back and check out my interview with Cooper Pratt. I talked with him a couple weeks ago when we dived into getting drafted, his start to his professional career and what he's working on he was a guy the Brewers selected in the sixth round last year and he's really just a guy that has a really high ceiling he can play shortstop long term and i'm really excited to see too what he's able to do this season moving forward have some really great interviews coming up with some top prospects around baseball including one with wisconsin ties so definitely check out BaseballProspectJournal.com for all of that and can obviously find all my draft content at baseballprospectjournal.com with the brewers adding the 34th overall pick in the corbin burns trade the 2024 draft is going to be an interesting year for the brewers having five picks in the first 100 selections so definitely if you're a brewers fan you're going to want to pay attention to this year's draft class and what they ultimately end up doing stay tuned to baseballprospectjournal.com for all your draft coverage Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Follow me on Twitter at DanZelinski3 at the BP Journal. And I'll be back next week with another player interview. And I look forward to talking to you then.